0: We've been in this series called Seven Choices, and um, I hope you've been able to watch it. If you're watching online, welcome. It's an honor to have you here um, taking part with us. For all of you who are visiting, um, it's my honor to have you here. Whether you were drug in by your ear, you know, whether mama said, hey, you're coming today, and you said, yes, ma'am, because it is Mother's Day, um, there is a reason it's full on Mother's Day, and I'm not convinced it's that we're that good, it's that mama's that powerful and uh, stuff happens when mama says make it, make it happen. Um, but we're in this series called Seven Choices following Easter. And after Easter, we begin to talk about seven choices. Things we can do to help us take one step. To get closer to God. To get better. To move into what he has us, wants for us instead of what we want to do for ourselves. Things that will help us take our, our one step. Because now... We're going to talk about something that everybody can do today, across the board, right now, instantly. Technology has made it so that your Bible is instantaneous anywhere in the world. I had a guy tell me one time that he, like, he didn't like my electronic Bible. And he said I needed to carry the real thing. And I get it, and I honor God's Word and, you know, in print. But his, he was telling me, well, this has, this has power. This is the Word of God. It has power. Your iPad doesn't. And I kind of perplexed. And I said, well, I said, what if I could carry 18 versions of the Bible? He said, well, that would be even better. That's, that's more holy. I was, and so I flipped open my U version Bible and kind of did this. And when like, all the translation and all the different Bibles just don't stop. And he kind of put his head down and says, okay, I get it. See, I think we have a wrong perspective of God's Word, and I want to give you some help today. And uh, by the way, on that UVersion app, you can find all your live notes today. If you've never done it, you can download it and uh, go to events, and it, it will find us, V.C. Sylvania, and you can make that your church home, actually, on your Bible app. Um, I learned that this week. But we're in this series, and we're hanging our hat on these verses in Deuteronomy, it says, today I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. You have a choice to make. You can choose God's word. It goes on to say that now I call on heaven above you, above to watch you, to witness that you choose. And I got, he says, I hope, please, choose life, because it's not just about you. It's about your family that's coming. Now, I'm going to tell you today, if you're visiting... Um, I'm going to give you a little more verse today. We are talking about the Bible, so it's only fitting I should give you more of the Bible. I don't normally throw this much scripture at you, but that's why I wanted you to know the notes are on there. So if you want to go back and find these. But I'm I'm believing that I can convince you today to choose the Word of God. Because if you do, your life will change forever. You, You can't really grab a hold of that unless you grab a hold of that. I can talk about it all I want, but until you make the decision to do it, you won't see the results of it. We're going to start in John chapter 1. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said, in the beginning, the Word was already there. Notice it's capitalized. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. What is that trying to say? It's essentially this. Let's bring it down to a very simple level. What it's talking about is God, and it's referring to Jesus as the Word. Jesus says all through his time, hey, I I am the way, I'm the light. The word, that's me. It's talking about me. He says God created everything through him and he existed in the beginning. Then God created everything through him and nothing was created unless it came through the word. In other words, unless it came through Jesus. Look what it says in verse four. The word gave everything life. Now, how many of you would say, Well, I could say it this morning because if Melanie hadn't nudged me, I would have slept right through my alarm and would have been in a bad situation this morning. But how many of you can say that there's times in recent past, you've got I just need life. I just need strength. I just need energy. I just need, I need some of that. I'm the only one. Y'all all all sleep well. Got a perfect cat. I know y'all don't because I see energy drinks right now. So somebody's not telling the truth. (laughs) See, the Word gave life, but it was created, and it spoke into our lives, and it brought light to everyone. And in verse 5, it says, the light shines in the darkness, and this is one thing. The Bible tells us that darkness can never extinguish light. And here he is talking about the Word, the Word in us. John even says it again to make sure we get it. If you skip down to verse 14, it says, so the Word, capital W, became human. Well, Not a trick question, but who came from heaven and came to earth and became fully human? See, it's not a trick question. This is really easy. Cookies on the bottom shelf, everybody gets one today. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. He's seen his glory in the glory of the Father's one and only Son, the Word, and Jesus. When you're making a choice, this is not just a choice of text or scripture or copy. This is, again, I believe... Choosing Jesus. Here's what I'm praying today when you leave here on Mother's Day, that you can do these three things. You can love the Word of God. I mean, love it, like I realize now how important it is. Like some of you now, if we, we, we I told somebody last week, hey, and I was joking, I said we're thinking about getting rid of the coffee. Exactly. <laughs> what? No. Then I start realizing that's the only thing keeping you all away while I'm talking. So I'll take the coffee. But if, if something that in your life, if I removed it, would you notice? I would be sad, sad to say this is true. If I went through your phones, your tablets, or even in your houses and, your, and took all the Bibles, deleted your Bible app, took everything out, how long would it take before you noticed? Step on some toes, huh? Right? There are some of us that... And I, you have, we have Bibles, and, and the Bibles have doubled in thickness. Not because you stuff stuff in it, because there's that much dust sitting on top of it. It's just we ne- it's just it's there. I own it. We would never ever burn it. And when I've been to house fires, people run in and they go looking for the Bible because it's sentimental. And I get that, but if it's not being read, it's it's not doing you a whole lot of good. That you need to know the Bible's alive. It is a historical document but it's not just history. It is a book of stories, but it's not just a storybook. John 1 tells us that the word, your Bible is literally Jesus God himself. <clears throat> Jesus takes it even further. Look at this in John 6. It says, The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Notice it's capital. And human effort accomplishes what? Nothing. And, he tags this at the end of the verse, and the very words I have spoken do something. They build you in your spirit and they bring you, say it with me. Life. One more time, say it with me. Life. We need that life. Some of us need the, the, the word of God to blow into your life and bring you some strength and bring you some faith and confidence in who God is. The Bible is active had a pastor friend of mine, he, he always said, the Bible is working in, on, and around me at all times. It's working in me, it's changing who I am inside. It's working on me and making me a better person and what you see and how I present myself. And the Bible says that everywhere I go, the Bible is very clear that God's going before me, making a way. So all around me. Some of us need to believe that, but the reason you don't is because His word and what he says he'll do is not in us. That we're familiar with scripture that if I say, for God so loved the world, he. Right. We're familiar with it. But is it here? But if I pointed at you right now and say, what's your life first? What's the most important verse to you in the Bible? I'll pick somebody out, right? Everybody like. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. But when, when, the, when the, the squeeze is put on you, what comes out? When the squeeze is on you, what, what do you turn to? Can you recall it? I don't think you have to even be able to say, well, this is First John 1, 9, or this is James 3, or this is whatever. You just need to be able to say, hey, my Bible says I'm whole, complete, and lacking nothing, right? Do I ever quote the actual verse to y'all when I say that? No. Why? Because the, verse, the verses and chapters were added later. It's not the numbers that matter. It's the words. The word of Jesus. And it, I don't even have to think that when I go to pray for my girls, they are whole, complete. Come on, finish it. Whole, complete. See, I've said it enough. I may have annoyed you with it, but you know it. That I believe when the, when the squeeze gets put on us, we remember it. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews 4. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's a sharp sword. And it re- reference this, penetrates even, it's so fine, it can separate pieces of you that nothing, that only God can put together. It's so divine, it, it can get into places where no human can, where no medicine can, where no, even psychology or counselors can. The Bible says it knows and judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Let me paraphrase that for you and give it to you in the Clint, South Georgia, redneck version, okay? The word will mess with your business. It gets all up in your business. And then we say, oh, that's just my conscience, God, he's making feel good. He's not making you feel guilty. The Bible says he's leading and guiding you. Anybody ever had that thought? When you're about to do something, you're typing that text message and you're about to hit Send. And it's like you just have this, wait a minute, this is a bad idea. Okay. I know I'm not the only one. Are you about to post on Facebook? I will tell you what you can do and where you can put that. But the, Right? Don't look at me like y'all are holy. Y'all suggested a lot of places to store stuff. I've seen it. But before you click it, there's something inside of it that goes, no, don't say that. Or as a husband, before I let, before I know how to get Melanie. I know how to push that button. I'm about to let her have it. Draw that arrow back and something says, don't do that. She's my daughter. See, that's, that's the word of God in us. That's the God, Jesus himself, the Bible calls it. this the Holy Spirit that's been planted in us. It points right at things that are out of line. Emotions, priorities. But here's the cool thing. The thing that points and tells you, hey, this is an issue, also brings you power to change it. See, the world, we like to point fingers at you. You shouldn't do that. You don't say that. You don't act that way. You shouldn't wear those jeans with holes in them because they make you look like... Right? The Word doesn't do that. The Word says, hey, this is an issue, but hey, let me show you how you can help this. Let me show you how you how you can make this. It brings the power to change. See, my job is to help people take one step and get you to a place where the Bible becomes alive. If you don't realize this, let me just be honest. The Bible is is serious. It's direct. It doesn't dodge the issues. It doesn't dance around the issues. It calls a spade a spade. But the Bible is also clever. It's funny. Do you know there's a verse for all of us, the little 10-year-old boys, like inner 10-year-old boys? There's a verse in the Old Testament that says, David's men were caught by the king. They cut his, their robes off above their buttocks and sent them home. I think that's funny. <laughs> they took their robes, they cut them off so they would expose themselves. They beat the stew out of them and then sent them home, literally with their rear ends hanging out. I think that's pretty funny, but I bet a lot of you didn't know that was in the Bible. So, the word, it's, it's so dynamic. And the first way here's how the Bible comes alive to you faith activates the word. We talk a lot about faith. We talk a lot about having faith, the faith of a mustard seed. But what does faith do? Well, in the case of the word, the Bible says the faith is the thing that causes the Bible to come alive. And I see this every Sunday. I and mean, we're full today, and I can promise you if we left today and I polled everybody, there were going to be maybe, there will be a, a, a substantial difference in percentage of people who would say one of two things. They're going to say either this. I really didn't get much out of today. I didn't like his message. It wasn't enough scripture. It was too much scripture. It was, he wasn't funny. He wasn't entertaining. I didn't have enough coffee. You know, somebody beside me. Somebody beside me fell asleep and was snoring, whatever it was, right? But we're all hearing the same words. Even watching online, anywhere in the world right now, we're all hearing the same thing. And sometimes I wonder if it is this goofy little guy from South Georgia who just tries to help people get better. But in the same room, we have people that says, I really didn't get much out of today. You can have a number of other people who are like, that was life-changing. I, I'm different. Ha- it happens in worship. People come, well, I didn't like that song. You didn't sing it in the key that I could sing it. Well, because you can't sing. <laughs> Scream is not a key. Right? Then in the same song, it is well. People are like, oh, I just felt God show up today. I was, I was miserable, and now I just have joy because God showed up. Same time, same time frame, same words. What, what's the difference? The difference for a lot of you is I challenge you, when you come through those doors, are you expecting God in faith to speak to you? Or are you just showing up to get your card punched? Or am I showing up today? What excites I can speak for Melanie? I know what excites me is seeing new people come in and go, wow, I don't know what that was. I thought they were crazy, and they kind of are, but it was fun. Right? And kind of see things come alive. It's because they had an expectation. Okay, God, I'm going to show up and and see what you got. It was life-changing. Hebrews 4, 2 says this, For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but it was no value to them. Because what? They didn't share faith. They just looked at his words. They just, I don't need to read my Bible. I hate reading. Well, I, honestly, I do too. And somehow I married a woman who likes to read voraciously and we managed to produce a daughter who's read more books than I have and I have a master's degree. And she's in eighth grade. And finished the year in eighth grade with a 99.75. It didn't come from me. I didn't take Greek and Hebrew in seminary because I have enough trouble with English. But the words are important. They, they have value and faith and, and I have two people in my family who I know read and remember and it, it goes down deep in their heart when they remember the Bible. So I know it's, the word has power. In the New Testament, it was actually written in Greek, the original text, if you didn't know it was written in Greek. And, in the Greek, there's two words for the word, word. That's confusing, but it's the word, word. And when you study it and when you look at them, it begins to see the difference between just words on a piece of paper and then this is life-changing. And the first word is this. The first word is this word called logos. And my dad and Melanie are on the front row, and they're the Greek. If I, again, I go to them or look it up because I'm not smart enough to figure this out, but thank God he gave people who wrote this down and can give it to me. Then there's this other word called Rama, And I'm, this, this is the Clint version again. This is that, oh. Anybody ever been like putting something together, like one of those God-forsaken IKEA things? And they show you all these pictures like you're supposed to be able to think about it in this three-dimensional di- three world, but it's on flat on a page, and put peg AC4 in the holes 73-7, and they're in millimeters and not inches, and, right? Some of you may have been wanting to help me. We put up years ago a swing set for my girls, and I thought it was cool because I got on Amazon and got a killer deal from this big wooden swing set. I mean, huge. They had to deliver it by freight. It took three grown men nearly eight hours to put together. Did you know that a two by four is 2,053 millimeters long? It took me two and a half hours to figure that out. And once we did, it was like, oh. And we put it together and it made sense. That's what Rhema is and that's what... I love watching people have when they come say, hey, I read the Bible, I read the Bible, and God said this, and they, you can see it in their face like, oh, I get it. See, faith is what brought the angel's word to Mary when she was told, hey, you're going to have Jesus. Look at this in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. This is Mary's response to the angel that said, you're about to have a baby, and it's about to be God's son, and we're going to call him Jesus. She says, how will this be? I don't know if you know it. She's telling the angel, I don't know if you how this whole baby-making thing works, but I can't. That ain't going to work. Why? Because I'm a virgin. It's not going to work. The angel, in short response, hey, no word from God will ever fail. Something happens to Mary. Mary goes, oh. Well, if he said it's not going to fail, she has faith that motivates her. It moves her forward. Now look at her response the second time. She says, okay, I'm God's servant May your word be fulfilled. If you need me, I'm available. And she says, oh, she did. now here's the key. Do you think Mary fully understand what was about to happen next? No. That's what sidetracks, um, derails a lot of us. Because we think, well, I can't believe that because I don't understand it. And I can promise you, Mary, they think was about 14 when this happened. I can promise you, Mary didn't understand it. But she believed it. She had a revelation that activated faith, and she responded, because faith activates the word. Faith opens us up and takes the word and activates it so we can swallow it. Our faith is reactivated. In other words, God says, okay, now you got that faith and you got this word, and I'm going to give you some more. It's reactivated, or is activated by revelation. Okay, Clint, well, how do I get revelation? Revelation. Well, I gave you the first two to get to this. That meditation activates revelation. I don't know why I'm using all these shuns today, but it works. In other words, pondering the word activates, your faith is stirred, and revelation shows up. In the Old Testament, Joshua says this, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. You will be sure to obey everything written in it. And then it gives this key. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You might hit a few pitches. You might, oh, I hit a few. Okay, I'm good. But the Bible says the only way you're going to prosper in all you do do is that you're obeying the Word. It simply means slow down, think about it, to ponder. If you're like me, my wife, and I'll, I'll pick on Mabel again, they can read stuff, and then they can tell you exactly what they read. Me, it's more like chug a chug a chug a chug a. <coughs> I'll back up, start right over, chug a chug a chug chug Get a little more, choke on that, process it, like the like the cow that just pulled up too much cud and got choked on, you know. And I will back up, and then while it may t- fifteen minutes ago they had their oh moment. About an hour later, they'll hear me in the other room. And go, oh, I get it. It's that joke that goes, and then twenty minutes later, you laugh because it just comes back around and you, and you get it. See, that's okay to do it with the Bible. It should cause us to stop and ponder. I saw this list um, online, and I just I couldn't resist to give it to you because it proves my point exactly. Makes you. You remember the old song. Those of you who are forty-eight and. Remember the old things that make you go, hmm? There was a hip-hop song. Yeah, y'all aren't holy, don't worry. But there's this list, and it was things like this. Why is the word abbreviated such a long word? See? It's coming back around. Just wait on it. Why is the time when the traffic is slowest, and this is for you big city folks, Sylvania, we have a rest minute, but for you cows who came from a bigger city, why is... The slowest time called rush hour. You're not rushing anywhere. You don't go anywhere. If you go to Atlanta at 4 o'clock, you're going to sit there and stare at people not moving. They're not rushing anywhere. Why is the guy who invests your money called a broker? (laughs) supposed to be making you money. Now, get this. I don't know if any of my bank people are here. But why does the bank drive up ATM? Drive up ATM. Have instructions in Braille. Exactly. And for Mother's Day, this is the one that man will never know. Why can't women put on mascara with their mouth closed? <laughs> guys, have you ever walked into the, into the bathroom and she's doing her mascara and her mouth's closed? No. Even watch them do, ladies, y'all do it in the, in the m- mirror. And all the rest of the guys are in the cars around you're going, What is she doing? <laughs> right? Those things that make you ponder. You see, ponder is a good thing. Ponder is what the Bible says, hey, consider my ways. Think about it. So faith will activate the word. Revelation will activate and grow your faith. Meditation continually takes you to revelation. It's continually getting you to that point of Oh, then you chew on that for a while. It becomes real. It becomes life. And then, oh, I get that. A new topic, a new series we teach on. Hey, the pastor said, hey, read this first. And, oh, I get it. You want to tell you my favorite oh moment? Because something I can't teach, you have to just trust me and do. Besides salvation, besides just trusting God, period. If you ever watch somebody get the revelation of how tithing and God money, God's money works, I can't teach it to you. I mean, I can teach it to you. I, can't, I can not tell you what, how it works and how the result is, but until you do it and trust God and faith comes and then you think about it and then you see the results and revelation comes, meditate, you keep, and it starts this circle. I love watching people go, oh, Because the Bible says it's not about money. It's about obedience. And it's not about just even obedience. It's about God wanting everything for you. And the only way you do that is you do what the Bible says. Matthew 4 says this. This is out of the message paraphrase version. I just like the way this guy writes it. He said, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Or not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. The word of God... They are foundational words to build your life on. These words into your life are like a smart carpenter who build the house on solid rock. Who builds your house where it's not going anywhere. Look what it says. Life comes, mess happens, people happen, relationships happen. And it says, but nothing that moved, but nothing moved that the house, because the house it was fixed to a rock. It was sitting on the word. It was attached to something that wasn't going to move, even when the world falls apart around you. So let me get really practical for a minute. Next five minutes, and we'll get out of here. We'll start taking pictures and go celebrate moms and eat too much and take a nap. How do you choose God's word? This is one of our seven questions, that I'm telling you, will move you closer to God. will help you take your one step. How do you do it? The first thing is this, and this, this is a big deal in today's society. You have to accept the words authority. You have to be willing for God to tell you what to do. You have and I know from hanging around with first responders and law enforcement and all those guys for all these years, that our world just doesn't like authority and doesn't like to be told what to do. And that's not a political thing. It's not a racial thing. We just, as humans, we don't like other people to tell us what to do. You don't have that right. And I don't even care to get into that. But I am telling you, you got to give God that right. you got to give him that authority that we believe here. And if you want to read it all, it's on our website. But essentially this, the Bible is infallible and inerrant. There's nothing wrong with it. It never changes. You can't add anything to it. And there's no... There's nothing wrong with it. See, it's hard to accept because the authority because a lot of us say, well, I can't accept it because I don't understand it. Right? Well, here's the problem with that. I don't want to serve a God that can fit between my ears. You don't want to serve a God that can fit between my ears. And if that's the case, we're wasting our time. So what I have to do is give God the authority and go, okay, God, I'm accepting your word. I don't fully understand it. I don't fully understand airplanes. But guess what? Two weeks, I gotta go get on one because I'm going back to Honduras. I don't fully understand how my car works. I take it to people like Corey to fix it. It's broken. Fix it. Well, I don't want to fix it. I fix my car because I don't understand. You understand? Fix it. Right? I don't go to them, I don't go to Corey. And say, I've been having this side in my pain. I mean, pain in my side. <laughs> See, it works either way. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand, figure me this. How does Tylenol wear, know where to go? Really? Why didn't you, you take Tylenol? Uh, the other day morning I woke up with a really bad headache. and I took Tylenol. And not once did I ever have to go, okay, Tylenol, you're going to the back of my head. You're going to stay right there. That it just doesn't show up in my foot. See, I don't understand that. But I don't have to understand that if my head hurts, I'm going to take some what? Some Tylenol. It hurts. Why do we do that to God? God, I don't understand this. Your word says, I just have to believe in my heart, confess it with my mouth, that you sent your son to die for me, and then you raised him from the dead, and he paid a debt I couldn't pay. I don't get it, but I accept it. Well, we need to be able to do that with all of the Word. Look what Paul writes. He's writing letters to the churches, and this is a church in, called, in a city called Thessalonica. So in First Thessalonians it says, And we also thank God continually, because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you did what? You accepted it. Look at the rest of the verse. You accepted it. It wasn't just Clint up here talking, but it was actually the Word of God, which is indeed at work. For those of you who have faith, who believe it, you don't have to understand it. You believe the Word of God. So you accept the, God, accept the Word's authority. The second thing, this one's easy, it's one word, and that's this, every day. Every day. Now, it's Mother's Day. Hopefully, guys, you've done some cooking. I have to admit, I failed. My mom's in town. I said, please bring food when you come. But hopefully, you're going to go eat a nice meal. Now, how many of you will not eat again until next Sunday? How many of you will not even make it till Monday? <laughs> Let's be real. How many of you can make it till 3 o'clock? Right? If I eat at noon, I have to eat at 3 o'clock. We're hungry, right? Well, why do we do that with God? The Bible says that we live off everything that comes. In Matthew chapter 4, it says Jesus answered them and said, it's written, hey, man does not live on bread alone, but everything that comes out of my mouth. Because I am the Word. You have to eat every day. Now listen, before we get under all this weight, God, he's going to expect me to really read my Bible every day? Yes. But, Again, back to the food. Would you rather eat just a little bit every day or eat on the first of the month? May 1st, June 1st, July 1st. You get one meal on the first, you can have a little bit every day. We wouldn't like it, but you'd say, no, I need food every day. I guarantee you about two or three weeks in, your body's going to be saying, I just want a little food every day. Well, that's all I'm asking. You've heard me say before, it's fit. If you want to be a healthy rounded, it's 15 minutes. Five minutes in your word, talk to God for five minutes, and five minutes of worship. Most of us, most of, even me, driving from where I live to here, is right about 15 minutes to get to work. You, you can find 15 minutes. But in this case, five minutes that you eat every day, that you, that you listen to it, you read it, you talk about it, you listen to it, you read it, you talk about it. You can listen to it even on the Bible app. You can go now and download the Bible app and there's a little speaker up in the corner. You just push that and it'll start talking to you. Get in a group where you can talk about it. Even I ask people, I love the guys I meet with during the week. Just this week we were talking about, hey, this verse and I don't get it. Anybody else get it? What do you think? And we began to talk about God's word. The Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. See, I told you, I hate to read. I'm not a reader, but if I talk about it, if I see it, it's there. I can remember it. Faith comes by me hearing the Word, hearing the Bible. I'm telling you, it will make a huge, huge difference. So you accept the Bible's authority, you read it every day, when you help you choose the Bible and here's this one's groundbreaking I'm telling you this will blow your mind this is the deepest knowledge you'll ever ever hear at least for the next couple hours okay it's big now y'all ready this is yes this is no ready here we go just do what it says (laughs) that was awesome how did you do that Siri just said I didn't get that Ushers, you guys can do your thing. See, even Siri agrees. Don't agree. <laughs> Siri doesn't understand redneck. That's the problem. Just do what it says. Just do what the Bible says. See, the problem we have, we have instruction. We can understand the instructions. God didn't give, give us Ikea instructions. He gave us, I think, very clear instructions. I don't have to understand all the stuff behind it. Now you can learn that, and the Bible says he will give you wisdom to learn it, but it doesn't make it work. Knowing how a plane flies doesn't actually make it fly. Knowing somebody who knows how to make the plane fly makes the plane fly. We know the one who wrote it. Look what the Bible says in James 1, verse 22. It says, "But, but just don't listen to God's word. You gotta do what it says otherwise you're just fooling yourself you can read it but if you can't do what it says if you don't move let it move in you let it take root in you and I'm gonna tell you some of you are here today facing some stuff some stuff that is rough Some of you are facing decisions, gotta go this way, go this way, this is not gonna be good, this one may not be good, or what's my best decision, or this is gonna be a long-term decision. Some of you are believing God, or asking God to do stuff in your body. And I don't know who this is for, but as I was kind of praying over this morning and putting my notes together, on Mother's Day. Maybe some of you who are praying and asking God, I, I want to have a baby. Here's what I want to encourage you to do, whether that's your thing or something else. I don't know who this is for today, but I'm telling you, if you get you a verse and you hang your hat on that verse, and you tell God every day, God, this is what Your Word says, not me. This is what Your Word says, not me. Okay, well, I didn't. I didn't get pregnant this month. It didn't happen this way. Okay, God, that may be true, but Your Word says that I am. Your Word says that I am healthy, whole, and complete. That Your Word says that children are a blessing from God. Your Word says that. They, the Bible says, "If He's given us the answers." That we just do what it says. Most of you know this, and I've said it I don't know how many times today. That I don't think Melanie realized it when, she, when we had Emma and she came to me and said, Hey, God gave me this verse in James that she's whole, complete, and lacking nothing. And it was as if she just tattooed it right on my forehead. It's like that. It's like that, that imperfection or something on your face or on your body. If I said, hey, you know, I have a scar. Okay, well, you don't have to think about where that scar is. You no, know, nope, it's right here. I-, I remember when that happened. Some of us, have our scars are, I-, I know, it's right here. I remember when that happened. But it needs to be that familiar. What's your verse? That my daughter, my family is whole, complete, and lacking nothing hey, what's your favorite verse? That my daughter and my family is whole, complete, and lacking nothing. Hey, what verse are you thinking about? My daughter and my family are whole, complete, and lacking nothing, right? And then I can just do what it says. Do what the Bible says. I don't know who that was for. I just just kind of feel stirred in my heart. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but let me just ask you this, and we'll go celebrate mom's. Before you stand, before we sing our last song, don't you just bow your head and close your eyes? We never close the service without offering people a chance to meet Jesus. The Bible says that if you confess Him with your mouth, you believe it in your heart that Jesus came and died for you, paid a price you couldn't pay, is now seated at the right hand of the Father, then your sins are forgiven and eternity is yours. It's that simple. But for the rest of you, for everybody else, if that's not you saying, I need Jesus. And if you do make that simple prayer, let us know. Mark a card. Get online. Shoot us a message. We want to help you move forward. But for the rest of you, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, not just for the life and pregnancy thing, but for any question you say, God, I I need a verse because I have this issue. I'm believing for this. And you fill in the blank. If that's you this morning, just wave at me. I'm not asking you to come forward. I'm I'm just asking you to wave at me. There's several hands. Anybody else? And if anybody is walking through the fertility thing, I'm just going to encourage you in this. Come see my wife. I don't know why God uses her in that way, but she's prayed with a lot of ladies. And we've seen God do a lot of cool stuff. But I'm going to bless you. And then we're going to sing one more song as we leave. God, I thank you in Jesus' name. For everybody who raised their hand and maybe even some of those who struggled to say, yeah, that's me. God, give them a verse. Take them to it. However you see fit, God, as they flip through and read through their Bible, God, let it smack them in the head. That's my verse. That's my rock. That's what I'm going to stand on. Write it on the mirror. Put it on the postcard. Put it on the dash of your car. That's my rock. And God, I thank you. Your word says in James, if we need wisdom, we'll ask for it and you'll give it to us. And God, today we ask you for that word. We ask you for that wisdom. And we thank you for moving today. God, again, we bless all the mothers, we bless the ladies that are in our lives that speak so much life and health and strength to us. And we thank you, God, for being so good to us. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said.